what I really needed was to recreate myself, which means to bring something new into the world that has never existed before. Today I have Scott Gam, uh, NYU Stern Business School graduate, former financial journalist with thestreet.com and Yahoo Finance, and he is going to be sharing some great ideas with us about his new book coming out, Overcome AI, which is how to build a secure future in the age of artificial intelligence. Steve, we've got a big one because AI is a big deal. We've been talking about it a lot lately. So welcome, Scott. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. The fun, fun little journey you got to, 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 I know you've written a book before on personal finance and, you know, what brought you to wanting to write about what you called in our talks before the financial independence movement. Tell us a little bit about that because I know our audience is interested in, in that uh, movement for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I spent years as a financial journalist, you know, covering personal finance, covering the markets, covering the economy. And about seven years ago in 2013, my first book came out, which was called More Money, Please, The Financial Secrets You Never Learned in School. And that was largely just a basic primer, money A to Z, what young people, college students need to know about the basics of finance, because this is a subject not taught in schools. And then, you know, over those seven years, covering the markets and the economy, um, I realized that there were a lot of other trends going on and that it was worth a, a, another deep dive, another book, a lot more research. And so uh, the, the, the book now, Overcome AI, uh, Overcome AI, really is centered around two trends that I've noticed in society. So one is the financial independence movement, like you mentioned, and this is where folks are taking their savings strategy to the next level, right? A lot of experts say you should save 10% of your income. Mm -hmm. But what folks in the financial independence movement are doing is they're saving 60, 70, or 80% of their income. They're living well, well, well beyond their means. And they're taking that money and they're investing it in either the markets or in real estate or just figuring out how to grow their money in the fastest amount of time possible. That way, they're not reliant on a job for income. They may continue working because they want to work, but they've got this steady stream of income coming in through investments because they've worked so hard to save money. Mm. So that's the financial independence movement. The second trend that I talk about in the book is artificial intelligence, right? And so this is where, you know, companies may rely on robots, automation, mm -hmm. software, algorithms to do the work that humans used to do. And so with that is a risk that we may not need as many people working because machines can do some of these jobs. So the point I come at it in the book is um, if you're in the financial independence movement or you're adhering to those strategies because you want to be able to quit your job one day to lie on the beach or pursue a lower paying passion, uh, that's fine. But you know, you, you may have to adhere to some of these strategies because you may not have a job in 10 years, given all these technological trends and things that are changing in society. Wow. I got it now. I, I, you know, I, I didn't connect the dots like, cause I spent 25 years as a financial planner and ran a firm. I had 600 brokers. And the one thing that I I'll never get over was how unprepared the generation 
which is my generation, uh, you know, the, the 40 and 50-somethings are, because I think we lived under the world that, you know, it's going to be there forever and we'll just keep making money. And we made a lot of money. And now computer algorithms are going to eliminate jobs. So these people are getting a head start on on retiring early, not not because it's a goal. It may be a necessity, as I'm seeing. Well, like they, it's absolutely... Yeah. They may not have a job is what you're saying, right? Well, I mean, look, I, I just, I think that there's always a risk to employment, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, layoffs, you know, mm -hmm. corporate restructuring, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, the, the, we know that. Right. But, and, and I guess you could argue that tech, technology changes have, have been a threat to jobs for 200 years. But, you know, if you, if you look at sort of some of the, the stories and news articles and research about AI right now, I mean, in, in my opinion, it's, it's it, you know, it, it seems worthy of, of someone's attention. And so I'm just trying to shed light on the two trends and let the reader decide what to do. I, I think it's absolutely on target. In fact, a big part of our message is you need to recreate yourself uh, to, to, you know, to bring something new into existence. And the, because it's coming, you know, this pandemic has put us in a place where a lot of people have to do that a little earlier than AI is going to make it, you know, Uber drivers. And I think I've even read in some of the reports, the, the, uh, the, the health, it was a global employment 2014 reports that 60 to 70% of all jobs will be replaced by computer algorithms. And they weren't jobs that you thought would, there would be like, there was some hospitality jobs. Like they could make perfect food. They could drive cars perfectly. They, you know, there's a lot of jobs that, that are coming, but here we are in the pandemic. Um, so some of the people that have been saving on their accelerated basis that have been displaced from, through no fault of their own, maybe more prepared. Uh, but connecting those dots is interesting. And I think very valuable. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, there's this, you know, I think that the advice we've been told over the years, you know, you could argue is antiquated, right? right. I mean, saving 10% of your income, it just may not cut it anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, and people don't want to hear that because it's like, I, I got to say 50, 60, 70% of my income. How in the world am I going to do that? And I, look, I get it. I mean, it's, it's not easy to do. And, and I'm very upfront about that in the book that look, this is a challenge. Um, but you know, if, if you want to cover your, your downside risk, I mean, this is a strategy that you, you should at least be aware of that people are doing this, that just because you make money doesn't mean you have to spend it. Right. You're allowed to save it. You're allowed to invest it. That is an option. Yeah, you're paying yourself. I mean, you're putting yourself on your own payroll uh, because you go through this this transformation from em employee. Sometimes, like in your case, you told me you just started a PR business too. Like you're now you're now you're self-employed, which means you're, you're your own employee. And then at some point, you have a business which which you know pays you, and you can pay people to do the jobs of an employee. And then long term, which is you end up being an investor, which these people in this financial independence movement I'm seeing. Are uh, they're going to have dollars working for them instead of them working for themselves? Well, it's true, and you know, in in the book, we you know we talk about not just saving the money, but like what do you do with that money, mm -hmm. right? right? And you know, I think that's the the other part of this equation. If you're going to become financially independent, right? It's not just you know sort of hoarding cash, right? It's also right. making your money grow for you. 
Mm-hmm. I, we, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, like my definition for the years when someone said, what's financial independence? And we always said it was when your, your passive income, your non-working income, uh, non-wage income exceeds your fixed base expenses. What, what do you guys call financial independence? What's your perception of that? What it means? Tell me more about the movement. I think a lot of people are interested in that. Well, I think you're spot on in terms of that definition. And I think, you know, the, the goal here is to build a mountain of assets mm-hmm. that produces income. And obviously, the amount of income you're going to need from that assets depends on your lifestyle and depends on, you know, what kind of city you're willing to live in. Mm-hmm. You know, are you willing, are you, you want to live in a very high cost of living city or are you okay with, with, uh, you know, a city that, that is lower cost. And so with that, you can, you can do more with less, right? So there's all those nuances in that, but I think to describe the movement, Overall, I would agree with your summation, which mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you need some sort of alternative income stream where you're not really reliant on somebody saying yes for you to get that money, right? Like right. You're, you're not dependent on someone saying, yes, I'm going to hire you. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. It's just you've got this mountain of assets and it's producing income. Now, obviously, there are risks with that too, right? The right. stock market could go down. Mm-hmm. You're tenant in the real estate property that you own could could leave all those kinds of things but uh obviously there's always going to be risk but i think i'd rather have those risks than the risk of you know not being financially independent and relying on you know all the other things that we were just talking about right like you don't have you don't you have you don't you have money problems but it's not lack of money you have money decisions uh what's what's hot right now i know you live up in the city and things have certainly changed up there you know, what's the climate on Wall Street? You know, if you were writing about the markets right now, what would you be writing about? Who would you be visiting? Oh, well, no, it's a great question. I mean, look, the market is pretty incredible. Uh, you know, we've got, as we're recording this, I mean, we've got stocks at record highs mm-hmm. just, you know, months after falling into bear market territory in March. And that was, by the way, the fastest descent into bear market territory ever. I mean, right. it was a matter of weeks, right? When mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, the market had to, you know, account for the economic lockdowns that were put in place to, uh, you know, curtail the the spread of coronavirus. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are surprised at how fast the market rebounded. So that I think is the big story, right? right. And and I think the, you know, the, and look, you obviously you know you, you talk to experts and they'll be able to communicate this you know better than than me. But I think. In general, the market tends to look forward, right? So mm-hmm. people say, well, how could the market be rising when all of this, all we've got all these problems, all of this terrible economic data? Well, the market is looking ahead and, you know, eventually we will get through this. And mm-hmm. so I think, but still, people are still surprised at just the speed of the, the rebound. Um, but I think it also, you know, teaches an important lesson. I mean, like, if you got really scared in March and you, sold mm-hmm. stocks or you, you know, got out of I- investments, you know, you sold at the bottom, right. Mm-hmm. And you missed out on this incredible gain. So, um, and that's, you know, the other thing I, you know, we mentioned in the book, which is just the importance of that long-term perspective. Right. 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 The volatility and, you know, fundamentals still apply to assume diversification, asset allocation, 
managing risk and, and uh, you know, all of that is, uh, you know, there, there's investment principles that I've long forgotten that I used to teach about, about you know, putting, putting your eggs in more than one basket. Uh, but when you're saving at that rate, um, you're creating like a, like an unbelievable plethora of options for, you know, financial independence means you don't have to retire, but you can go do something else like an encore career like you did yourself, right? Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, financial independence means, you know, that you, yeah, that you, you don't, um, I'll go back to what I said earlier. You don't have to rely on, you know, somebody saying, yes, I'm going to hire you. Yes, I'm going to do this. Right. It's like you're, you're in control. Right. I mean, um, I I think a lot of people want to have that, that kind of freedom. Now, I think a certain part of the movement uh, is okay with people just kind of staying home and and not working or not really doing much. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And, you know, my opinion is, no, you should still like, like, even if you don't like your job, you know, I'm not a proponent of just quitting and and doing nothing. Even once you attain financial independence, right? Like you can keep going. Mm -hmm. It's more just having that security in case you need it. Right. Because just to relate it back to the AI angle, I mean, you know, nobody knows what AI will do Mm -hmm. to to jobs or the future. But um, I mean, Certainly, if, if we do start, start to see this dislocations in the, in, in the labor market over the coming years due to technology, due to AI, or due to some other reasons, um, I think you're going to want to have that cushion, that mountain of assets mm-hmm. that can come in and, and sort of rescue you. I got a question related to, because you're, you're in the space up there in New York City, the financial capital of the world, and real estate buildings my understanding is people aren't in the city right now because of the pandemic and they've they've commuted back out to wherever they're they are being held up safely and a lot of these people that had wall street jobs that were in the pit and in the uh, offices are now enjoying successfully in many cases working from home being amongst their family getting more healthy what do you think about that that dynamic uh and 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 I'll, i'll add to it that you know, when, when the Industrial Revolution came, it, it, you know, people came into the city to work. And then the Technological Revolution came and the commuter was born. You know, people moved to the burbs when the suburban proletariat was made. And now people are re- commuting out of the city and working. So what's the vibe up there on, on uh, people working when this thing comes out? And we will. Like, do you think people are going to come back to work in the city or do, do, do people love working from home, working from anywhere. That's a big message we have. Tell me about it if you can. Well, it's such a great question. And I, I got to say, I really just don't know. And I don't think anyone knows. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big wild card. I think a lot of people are surprised at how much we're able to get done virtually, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're able to communicate with customers, clients, colleagues over Zoom and other platforms like that. And a lot of people are closing business on zoom. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so maybe, you know, the long-term implications are, well, maybe I don't have to fly across the country to meet with a client. Maybe I can just do, uh, you know, a, a, a zoom call. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, you know, we, we don't have to pack into a subway car. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and 
go to where we need to, to, to go, right? Maybe there's a maybe there's another way. Maybe yeah. we don't have to all be in the, in the same place at the same time. So I think it'll be fascinating to see what the long term implications are. And look, mm-hmm. I hope it's I hope it's good. I hope that you know you know, this will settle out to some sort of normalcy and that, um, you know, maybe some good things will, will come out of it, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's very uncertain. And I think companies are saying, well, maybe we don't need that much, as much office Mm -hmm. space, or maybe, you know, we should have folks in other cities, you know, lower cost cities. Maybe we don't all have to be in, like you said, the financial capital of the world as, you know, as much as I love New York and I'm, Mm -hmm rooting for New York to, to come out of this. Um, you know, those are all questions that I think are, are, are worth asking. Yeah. I, I mean, my last question is you've interviewed one of my heroes, Ray Dalio and uh, the, the author of principles. Uh, what did you cover with him? How, what did you think of, of working with Ray and his ideas? Well, I interviewed Ray, you know, three years ago mm-hmm. when I was a journalist, when his book came out. So oh, cool. uh, it, it was a lot of fun to, to do that. And, I mean, his book is great and he's a successful investor and, um, you know, it was just fascinating to get to talk to him and hear his take on the markets at that time. Yeah. He just did a, he, he just did a, a piece that was fascinating. I mean, I, anybody, you know, what I loved about Ray was the principles, you know, these simple principles and the, his principles, you know, it's a book that people should be looking at right now. The principles, you know, to create financial independence, uh, to work, from anywhere on your own terms, I guess, or to choose not to work. I, lo- I love the idea, and I know you and I share the the uh, the very real, potentially great or grim threat of the algorithm and the uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, people people need to look at that because energy is not created or destroyed, right? It's transferred. That's the first law of thermodynamics. So financial energy is, is mo- in motion right now, and people are. Are, are getting, uh, you know, they're getting exposed and they're not moving and adapting and those others are, are benefiting. They're, they're, they're anticipating and making these changes. So this is a book I definitely encourage you to get about, um, you know, how to overcome AI and create that, that financial independence and, uh, and, and a real strategy to deal with AI. Uh, Scott, how can people get a hold of you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. at Scott Gam and I look forward to continuing the conversation. It's, you know, going to be very interesting to see how all of these trends play out. Great job. Congratulations on a great idea that people can use to help themselves. Well, thank you so much. And it was great speaking with you. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thank you.